amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. You are listening to I'm Refocus Podcast with your host, Shemaya Reed. This podcast is designed to inspire you to live your purpose and regain your focus. Now, let's tune in into today's podcast. Hey, what's up, y'all, man? This is Shemaya, aka SOTB, Shemaya on the Beat. Yeah, I'm here with a special guest. Her name is Amy Lyle, and she's super funny, man. She's from ATL. She's a comedy writer, best-selling author. She has a couple of books, man, that you want to get. One's on the way, and one's already out. It's called The Book of Failures. So I just want to introduce you to her right now. Miss Amy, say hello to the audience. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. It is still 155 degrees here in Atlanta. Thank you for inviting me to be on your show. Amazing. So tell us a little backdrop. How did you just, how did you discover that comedy was something you want to dab into? Well, I think, um, I don't know if you follow very many um, comedians, but I think a lot of my favorite comedians, um, you know, Eddie Murphy, uh, Paula Poundstone, Ellen DeGeneres, you know, Kevin Hart, Jim Gaffigan. Um, I think they, I would challenge you to find somebody from kind of like a normal childhood. And I think that when you have, and they don't always have to be traumatic, although a lot of times they are, but when you have a unique childhood or you're ignored like a Judd Apatow or a Jerry Seinfeld, I think sometimes that develops in you as a um, survival mechanism. Mm. So when did you discover or who told you that you were funny? Like how did, how did this all come about for you? Well, I, I came from um, a very small town in Ohio and I had a military uh, style dad and um, my sister and I, um, to kind of survive his uh, wrath, would be imitating him. I mean, I can remember like five years old, like roller skating around in our basement, you know, imitating him like, you know. <laughs> nothing's that funny. You know, he's, you know, he was this stoic German, he's a lovely person. He's just, you know, that's a lot for a little kid to handle like a lot of rules and, you know, um, he was a screamer. And, um, and so that's how we coped as we would, we would put on little comedy shows in our, in our basement, imitating our parents. Uh, forgive me for laughing, but you're pretty funny. I'm always popular at like cocktail parties, you know, I'm yeah. a good, a good storyteller. And, um, I think, I think 
being um, self-depreciating helps. I think people are drawn to that. If you can be real honest about your weaknesses, um, it, it makes for a better conversation. People are more likely to open up about their weaknesses if you're honest about yours. And um, usually they're pretty funny when people start talking about their their failures. I hate to put you on the spot, but when you mentioned about how you were to, you know, act like your dad, I'm like, man, I got to get a snippet if she don't mind. Could you do oh, like, like just oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't actually do my my dad in a comedy routine now. So, you know, I'm, I'm I would have to draw back from when I was five years old roller skating in my basement. <laughs> but, um, you know, we, we, we would just imitate him, like especially in the car because he would want like complete silence in the car. And then the more he would yell at us to be quiet, you know, we would be giggling these little girls in the background and he would be like, he's like, you know. He would well, and he'd cuss a lot. I won't cuss on your show, but he'd be like, "Effing, stop it!" You know, he's like, "Damn it, stop it! Nothing's that funny. Nothing's that funny," you know, and um, you know, and threaten us with with no dinner or whatever. And so we would we would turn that into a whole comedy hour, believe it or not, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, you know, he'd be like, "I'll knock your teeth out," and I would just have to pay to put them put them back in, and my insurance premiums would go up. You know, like that stuff that he would say to a five year old. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Man, a lot of people can relate to that, probably. You know, I, I never had to worry about my teeth going out, but that's funny. <laughs> his um his message was kind of like um okay so imagine i'm from this german you know stoic family very very small town and um i do actually do this bit but where it's like um you know we were raised with these very strict you know midwestern values like you know every night before we you know went to bed we'd say our prayers and he would be like make sure you work hard never miss a day of work and just remember girls you are not special. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was his kind that was his kind of his message to us. And he didn't mean it in a mean way. I think he meant it like tough love. Yeah, like you have to do something to be special. You have to work hard. You have to earn it. You know, you're not just special because you're here. Which is kind of the opposite of Christian values, to be honest with you. But I get where he was going with that. <laughs> oh man, that wow! This is this is amazing. Now, when it comes to like you going through school, did you ever do any like stand-up comedy amongst your friends or yes, talent shows? Yes, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's how you hone that, right? I think if you talk to most comedians, they're that's what they're doing. They're kind of holding court, right? At a dinner party or at lunch or in the car or whatever they um you know, um most comedians are just very observant about anything and they can make anything funny. They can make any situation funny, even if it's a funeral, they would um find everything funny about that day, what somebody's wearing or, um, you know, how they're handling their emotions or, you know, what the person, the dead person was wearing, which I'm not saying is appropriate. I'm just saying that's how, uh, most comedians, their minds work. They're looking for what's strange and unusual and funny at, in all situations, even in horrific situations. Yeah. Uh, this one guy, because I do radio my day, my day job, my day hustle. Uh, this guy was like, experience is just something that you wish wasn't happening to you. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. There's so much truth in that, isn't there? Yeah, no. No thing. I, I, I'm, you know, I'm probably a lot older than you. So I've had even more experiences. And if you don't laugh at them, you're going to 
be really depressed. Yeah, that that's very true. And you don't sound like you are to me. We sound like we're the same age, like brother and sister on the show. But when it comes to like speaking of experience, you have a book. Tell us about this book when you talk about your failures, because most people, man, they they always want to front. You know, we're going to use some slang words in this show because we can do that. But people want to just be embarrassed about what they actually go through in life. But you you're like, man, I'm just spill the beans. Tell us a little bit about this book. Yes. Actually, if you look up the greatest fears, like people are more scared of failure or being embarrassed than they are of death. They, they really, they, you know, they would rather die than, than be embarrassed. Like that's, that's where that phrase comes from. Like I'd rather die. And, um, and so in, in the book is, uh, this one, uh, writer in Atlanta, uh, wrote this great review for me. And he's like, you know, it's, you know, a great review. It's, you know, laugh out loud. It's very authentic. And he's like, even in the most cringe worthy moments, because, um, like you said, I don't hold back. I mean, it was, I put even the most embarrassing things in there, things about, you know, dating failures and family issues and fighting with my husband and not being able to handle stepchildren and, you know, um, just, you know, everything I laid it out. And, um, I don't know, I guess, cause I've always been, self-depreciating. So it was kind of easy for me to do that. But, um, also we have four kids and they, they're, um, they're very concerned about their grades and their, you know, it has to be an A and, and, um, you know, life's not really like that. You don't, you don't really get all A's. I mean, I kind of feel like your first couple of years out of school, you're just trying to find out what you're not good at or what you don't want to do. And so to think that you're not going to fail is you're really setting yourself up for disappointment. I mean, I think failure is just kind of part of the journey to get where you want to go. And, um, I mean, I've been on this whole book tour for a year and it's called why I shared my most mortifying moments and why you should too. Mm-hmm. And, um, I just think you respond better to somebody that's telling the truth. Now, not, not too much truth too soon. Like if somebody walks in and they start telling you something super personal, that's too much too soon. But I'm talking about just like, you know, getting away from the fake stuff, like, um, you know, where are you from or what do you do? Um, or where do you work or where did you go to school? And, um, I know people don't mean it, but like, if you're on the bottom of the totem pole social economically with those questions, those aren't fun questions for you to answer. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you live in Manhattan and I live in Cleveland (laughs) and you know what I mean? Already I'm kind of angry with you. Like, Oh, jerk, you know, lives in Manhattan or whatever. Versus if you ask me what books I like or what music I like, we're probably going to find common ground immediately. Like, 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 let's talk about stuff that brings us together instead of pulling us apart. Does that make sense? Yeah, because I mean, I definitely feel like that, especially if anybody in politics, I feel bad for them because you can't be a red or blue because it's just a lot of gang banging now in the politics world. Like, oh, it's terrible. <laughs> it's like, man, are you on the blood side or the, or the blues, man? Because <laughs> it's, it's cutthroat nowadays. Like you say one name, just one name and everybody going to delete you on Facebook. <laughs> I know. I, 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 let's not go there. Let's not go into <laughs> politics. It is a mess. Yeah. Yeah. No, nah, I'm a, I'm going to just kind of rewind that tape and act like I didn't go there. <laughs> We're literally <laughs> take it out. But what's funny is like, you know, back to like your kids, 
they yeah, remember that show like kids say the darnest things i can't yeah. i can't believe i brought it up because it's one i can't even mention but i'm not gonna go there <laughs> but yeah yeah <laughs> oh, but you know how kids say the darnest things have they ever say anything up front no filter to you about your you know events and stuff um, about or, my what? About your events that you go to and stand up comedy, or they're oh, not, or they're not allowed to go. Well, there. I'm never in a place with kids. And what's well, you know, um, that's not true. I don't do stand. I mean, stand up comedy in Atlanta is like you know downtown of the punchline. You know, mm. people are drinking and it's dark. Um, <laughs> so there aren't any kids allowed in there because you know it's over 21 or whatever. But I am an actor for a nonprofit. And so, you know, every Sunday, you know, like literally last week I was Moses on stage. Like it's the best job in the whole world. I've been doing it for seven years. It's so fun. Like sometimes I'm literally like grapes, like that's my role. Grapes, like think of the fruit of the loom where you have like a million balloons all over you and they wiggle and, um, they are second and third graders and they are brutal. Like if you forget your line, they'll be like, you forgot your line or, um, you know, whatever, you know, they will call me out on anything and they'll throw stuff like we um give them games to play and i'm like please don't give them any objects to throw because they'll they'll throw them so um yeah they say that they say the craziest things um in that in that capacity every single week there's 300 of them that's funny that's like one of those moments where you don't want to be embarrassed you're like man can i just die now <laughs> <laughs> have you ever had a straight uh, stage uh, fright when you yes. first started or are you still yes get I, I, um, I do get sick, almost want to throw up before I go on stage and then I'm, and then I'm fine. It's, um, it's probably your music. So you probably maybe feel like that too, until you touch the microphone or you say something, you touch your guitar or whatever. And then it just like, and then it's like the best drug in the whole world. Right. Once you start. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's kind of how it is. Um, performing. I love it, but I did have stage fright once and we have a production team and this is an acting gig, you know, it's a live theater. And, um, I couldn't remember the first line. And I said, I can't remember my first, my first line. And so they gave me the first line. I think the first line was like, hello, I'm Amy Lyle. Like literally that was the first line I couldn't remember. <laughs> and, um, and then later I was, I was turning my mic back in to the production team. And this little kid go, said, um, it's so funny when you print, pretend like you don't remember your lines. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. I'm like, you're right. I just was pretending I couldn't remember my lines. Yeah, that, that's embarrassing, man. That's, yeah, that's, that's, kind of thing. that's funny. And if you're dressed as Moses and you can't remember your lines, that's really embarrassing. Have, have anybody ever like recognized you from your other, like, places of environments versus when you're doing your nonprofit has anyone ever had that awkward moment like hey i seen you <laughs> well um i am from a small town in georgia and and so now um uh, and I do a um, morning show. I'm on a morning show in Atlanta called Atlanta and Company all the time. And so I, it's so fun that I'm starting to get recognized um, a little bit more. They're like, oh, my gosh, you're the lady on the morning show. Or and like you said, I have a I have a book out and it's um, uh, this is so exciting. Last week it became number one in three categories. And one of them was humor essays. And so literally it was my book 
the book of failures. And then it was above Trevor Noah, David Sedaris, Tina Fey, Jim Gaffigan, Kevin Hart, all, all of those professional comedians. My book was ahead of theirs. It was number one. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, um, I got like some press out of it, you know, locally and, um, and I do a lot of charity, uh, emceeing in town. And so people sometimes recognize me, uh, from that, like just last week, uh, I did, it's called, this is so funny. It was for literacy, a literacy group, literacy for Sype, And it was called the buzz before the B and it was an adult spelling bee. And basically they get everybody liquored up and then you have to spell stuff. It was hilarious. <laughs> they raised $10,000. Wow. Yeah. So it was really fun. So I, if somebody asks me to do something for charity and I'm available, you know, um, just bring some, it. just bring some liquor, <laughs> just bring, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That is the trick. <laughs> like a piece of wine. That's fine. They can t- <laughs> after a certain point, they can tell how many zeros they put on the chat, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's that's amazing. Now, when it comes to like you do a little radio, so we know about you doing radio. We know about you doing number one selling books, mm-hmm. and you you seem like the go getter that. You still had to raise your kids, though. So my question is, how do you balance all that together? Um, because they're older. You know, we have uh, four teenagers. And so, um, you know, the morning show is, you know, it shoots uh, from 11 to 1230. And mm-hmm. so the kids, the kids are at school. And, um, you know, once in a while I do have to do evening events. But, um, you know, they're, they're, they're older. And so they're 15, 17, 18 and 19. So, um, you know, they, they, I could, you know, buy rotisserie chicken and they, they will survive, (laughs) you know what I mean? Or they drive, they could go to Taco Bell or whatever. So, um, but you know, I'm not, um, you know, anywhere extended, you know, periods of time. Normally I'm getting ready to shoot a movie this time next year, but 90% of it is going to be filmed in Atlanta. And then, uh, 10% is going to be filmed in New York city. So I'll just be gone for, uh, you know, a couple days for that. Yeah, I did, uh, see that in your little short bio that you're also an actress. So it's like, man, okay. So one of these days you want to, you know, collab with Kevin Hart, maybe. So <gasps> can you imagine being, you know what? I'm not. I'm not in my own film because I'm just an amateur, you know, actress. I mean, even though I have done a couple of movies lately, um, indie movies were really fun. Um, but I'm not a, you know, professional actress. I would do, you know, uh, any acting job that somebody asked me to do, but I'm not going to be starring in my own movie. I'm just going to do maybe a, a funny cameo. Mm-hmm. I would love Kevin Hart to be in my movie. I have these three contractor positions. Like imagine like a country club neighborhood. And then there's these contractors, like think of like a plumber or electrician or, you know, whatever, a tile guy. And I would love, how funny would it be if they were comedians? Like, you know, Kevin Hart, you know, Jimmy Fallon and, you know, Jim Gaffigan or something. It'd be so funny. Or maybe two comedians and then like, um, somebody super hot, like, Clive Owen or what's the dude from Hemsworth, one of the Hemsworths. That'd be funny. Yeah. Well, funny is I don't know not, neither, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> probably a good thing, but, uh, it was funny. It <laughs> was, was funny is like, man, like I told you before we even started the show is if I don't laugh, it's going to be the longest show you ever did because 
you can tell when someone's smiling when they're talking on podcasts. And that's very important. When you are delivering your piece to the audience, what's some of the things you look for in the crowd to keep you motivated during your set? Um, you know, that's the key, right? Uh, if you are doing something and you want to do something new, for example, you wedge that right between two things that have worked in the past very well. Um, you know, it's really, you don't go out there and do a whole new routine, you know, every time. Um, and you got to be careful to switch it up. Uh, we did a, I'll give you an example. I, I'm not, I'm never going to give somebody an example of when I, I, I bombed. <laughs> <laughs> But I'll, I'll give you a hypothetical example. So I was doing a, a charity. It was called a, a night of comedy for, um, it's called the place of Forsyth and they help people become self-sustaining. And we had a comedian there who had been, um, a comedian for many years. And I told him, I was like, Hey, this is, you know, cause comedians are normally in a, a nightclub, right? At night with people drinking with a mixed, a mixed crowd. I was like, these are white country club ladies. And so have fun with that, you know, take advantage of that where you're dealing with this, you know, this type of population and, you know, it was a luncheon and it was in the middle of the day and there was no alcohol. So take all that, you know, into consideration. And the guy did the exact same set that he would do like at the laughing skull, you know, in downtown Atlanta. And like he bombed. (laughs) And, um, and so you can't do that. You know, I can't really go tell mom jokes at the laughing skull. I mean, not, I don't, I'm clean regardless, but, um, to your point, you kind of have to know what your audience is and, you know, have core stuff that you're very confident about, but also be able to maybe switch it up a little bit, depending on, you know, being able to read the crowd to your point. And everybody, well, maybe not everybody, maybe just Shamaya, but, uh, What I want to know is, how does it feel when the crowd just cracks up? Like, how does it? It (laughs) feels like you're on another planet, on a unicorn going over the rainbow. It's like it's it's like the most magical, addicting moment you'll ever have in your entire life when you are on stage and people are laughing out loud and. quoting you, you know, like you can hear them like, you know, saying the line again or, um, you know, or whatever, reaching out to you on social media and, and, and saying stuff. It's like, um, it's really awesome live. It's really fun too. When someone does that, when they read your book and they send you, um, okay, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Not, not as much as a high, obviously, because they're emailing you and it's not in person and you can't hear them laughing, but I'll, I'll give you an example when someone gets you. Like I had a story in my book where, um, I have a very sensitive stomach and it was a combination of like alcohol and Thai food and a very long line. And I, I'll just, you know, I had to throw my underwear away. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and, um, and so I put that story in the book and this, I'm not making this up. This guy emails me from like my you know, fan page or whatever. And he's like, Amy, I read your book. I I loved it. I related to so many stories, but the story that I related to the most was your story about having a sensitive stomach. And then he goes, then he, it was like another, you know, paragraph. (laughs) He said, he goes, I know how you feel. One time I was at a concert or no, one time I was at the Braves game and I shit in a cooler. <laughs> and it was like, and then it was like, love Frank. <laughs> wow. Was like of 266 pages, 266 pages. Like that's what you, you know, that's what you uh, related to the most was the pooping my pants story. Great. But, um, it was so sweet that he reached out to me, you know? 
another, you know, other people reach out and they're like, after I read your book, I feel like I suck less as a mother and a, and a, and a wife. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm like, you're welcome. You're welcome. See, what's funny about that is it all ties back to the failures that we were talking about earlier in the show. And speaking of failures, has there ever been a moment where you can feel that maybe the crowd's not responding like you would like to? And if so, what did you do to overcome that situation? Well, the truth is, you know, um, stand-up comedy would be, you know, really I'm a you know writer first, then a filmmaker, you know, then an actor. And I love comedy and I wish I could do stand-up comedy all the time. But the truth is, you know, I only get to... Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com do five to 10 minute sets. And so like, you know what I mean? Like you really, you, you got it down when it's something as short as that. You don't have time to feel bad. (laughs) You don't, you really don't. Like if you're losing them, you just be like, and I'll be here all week, you know? Um, (laughs) My mom loves that joke. I mean, you know, that's a good one. Yeah. No, that's funny because it's like, I can do five minutes, man. Shoot. Right. Because five minutes. Because, man, like, you you don't have to feel bad for it. Like, imagine if it was an hour. Imagine if it was two hours. Man. That like, is a gift. Like, Kevin Hart getting up there, filling. And, okay, so I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but comedy is a very intimate environment. You're, you're squeezed. That's why they do that. The tables aren't big round tables. The tables are <laughs> narrow, and you're squeezed together, and you're real close to the stage. And it's a very, comedy is a very intimate experience. And so for Kevin Hart to fill up a stadium yeah. and people are still falling out, he is a genius. <laughs> and the, you spe- know? the speakers are really loud, too. <laughs> oh, the speakers are really loud. But it's amazing when people can uh, take that intimate experience and be able to have success Um you know, I, I keep going back to like Eddie Murphy, like I've seen Eddie Murphy raw like 1000 times. I mean, you know what I mean? Like it's timeless. And, um, you know, he's a, he's absolutely a genius. He's absolutely, absolutely a genius. And so it's funny, you're going to be sitting, think about it. Like you're sitting in your living room and you're, you're dying laughing by yourself. Like that's somebody who's really funny. And the person like, like in the next room is like, what the heck? Exactly. <laughs> what, what's going on out there? Yeah. Uh, so talented. Have you ever had someone laugh and it threw you off? Like it was annoying or weird? <laughs> um, yeah, you really have to be ready for everything. People's cell phone ring. I mean, you, you know, um, or couples, get, couples <laughs> get in fights. I mean, you're in a bar. Oh, wow. Right? A comedy clubs are bars. That's what they're doing. They're, 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 they're selling drinks. So, um, you know, you just got to roll with it, right? Oh, that's, that's really funny because it's like, imagine they just kept drinking water. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, I'm not even thirsty. I'm just going to sit here. 
Oh, man, that's funny. Man, I told you this is going to be a good show, man. Now, you are working on another book. Is that correct? That is correct. And I just sent it to the publisher today. And it's called, um, I hope you love this, Jemaya. It's called, We're All a Mess. It's okay. We're all a mess. It's okay. That's what's called. And what's so cool about this book is to promote my first book, the book of failures every Friday, I would put a funny failure of my own, you know, to promote the book. Cause you, it would be annoying if people were like, buy my book, buy my book. So you can't do that. Or people won't follow <laughs> you anymore. Right. So you have to be sneaky. Like, so just, to, you know, just to remind them, you know, for the 52nd time this year, uh, you know, the book of fail is available, but so I do a Friday fail and I wouldn't even mention the book. I'd just be like hashtag Friday fail. And I'd put a Friday fail and people would comment with their own failures during their week. And sometimes they even tag me on Monday. They're like, Amy, this is so funny. I can't, you know, I can't wait. Here's my, it's Tuesday, but here's my Friday fail. And they were so funny that I started cutting them, pasting them into a document. And before I knew it, I had 50,000 words. Wow. which is a lot of words. That's like, you know, a, a 300 page book. And so I, um, you know, categorized them like travel failures, relationship failures, family failures. I mean, everything you can think of. And, um, I mean, really, really funny stories. And then I had to ask every single person, like, may I use this story? You know, you're releasing it to me. I'm not giving you any money. You know, I have ownership over it. I'm allowed to change it. You know, you have to say yes to that before I can do it. And, um, I think, you know, 99.9% of the people said yes. And, um, a, you know, a lot of them wanted me to change their name or put their initial or whatever, instead of using their name. But, um, anyways, that book is, is probably going to be out in like mid November or something. And, and when, I'm really excited. And when it comes to like you, you're doing your thing, you're Atlanta, you, you like hip hop. I heard, I found that I out. I like hip hop. I found that out in the beginning of the show and you instantly got cool points on that. <laughs> like instant. Please don't ask me to name like five songs because I could like sing them, but I couldn't tell you the name of them. Okay. I, we have four kids. So we have hip hop all going on all the time. You, you know, house. you know, it's funny, but not funny. We can't forget your husband. Like, uh, what part does he play when he supports you in your, your dream being a comedian? Um, he pays a mortgage <laughs> because so far, um, I haven't really made any money. Like I do make money. I make money on the, you know, the book I make money. Um, sometimes in CM I, I make, but, um, that everything you're, you're in music. So, you know, like it costs so much to do marketing struggles and, bro. Yeah, it does. And so when you're just starting out, you know, and thank goodness he, he is very supportive and he's like, well, you know, right now it's not about the money. Like I'm breaking even, you can write off your expenses on your taxes, but, um, thank goodness. And he, he, he really does love me un unconditionally. Like he doesn't take me, he is a, um, health consultant. So his, his, uh, clients are all physicians. And I have to be honest with you. He does not take me out to a lot of dinners with them because <laughs> they're, you know, I'm embarrassing to him and I'll Ooh. tell a dirty joke or, you know, one time we were with anesthesiologist and they were talking and talking. And I'm like, you guys really do make people sleepy. And you know, he's like, Oh my God. So, um, he doesn't take me to client dinners anymore, but he, you know, comes to everything that I do. And, you know, he, you know, he likes me, which is nice. That is funny. Wow. Does, does he really laugh like I laugh right now? Or 
depends on it depends on the situation. He he does not like me to pick on him. You know, like I have a story in my book where I walk by the shower and he's like, "Did you raise, use my razor?" And I always use his razor because his razor is better than my razor. Men razors are better. And um, I was like, "No." And he, and he knows I'm lying, you know, and he goes, I think you are using my razor. Did you use my razor? And I'm like, you know, did you ever go to speech as a child? Because when you said razor, it kind of sounds like razor, like your, your <laughs> teeth, you know, like your tongue is going too close to your teeth. And he's like, you always do that. You try to like switch, you know, switch it. Like you're in trouble because you use my razor. And I'm like, see there again. It was like, the, the, <laughs> like too much of a sound. <laughs> That's terrible. And so man. then I put that in the book and he's like, oh my gosh. So see the one at the event drinking more of the alcohol beverages. <laughs> yeah, he needs more than I do. So if you live with me, you're going to have to drink heavily on some days, probably. Oh, man, man. This this was really a good show, man, because if I'm laughing like this, that's a really good sign for you. That's an and sign. and you were. And you're so gracious because I was, I had a failure on your show because I got the time wrong because I'm Eastern and you're in Texas. And I was like, what time is it? And, and so I missed the show and thank goodness. You're so nice and gracious to be like, ah, who cares? Come on now. So thank you. No, nah, I know the pain. I know the pain. Cause I was stuck in traffic. I was like, I could do nothing. Like I, I was like, well, I can't do nothing. I'm stuck. <laughs> I mean, have you ever been in San Antonio traffic? I mean, it's not it's not like New York, but man, like we got people who drive like NASCAR down here, so you can't really just like wing it and try to get home fast. Do you think it's worse than Atlanta traffic? San Antonio. Um, I haven't or about been. Even? Uh, Atlanta, I haven't been there long enough. I visit Atlanta before, but I haven't like lived there long enough to to judge it. It's probably nothing like LA. No, I don't think anything <laughs> is like Los Angeles. Oh my gosh, you, you Los talk- Angeles is crazy. I went to the American Film Market, you know, in um, Santa Monica, and um, I'd never I'd been to LA, but I'd never done the tourist things. Like I wanted to see the the sign, and I wanted to walk the you know Hollywood you know, stars <laughs> and just doing that. Like, that's like what, two blocks, was, maybe, maybe six blocks. It took like three hours. It's, it was like, by the time you got through traffic, it was time to check in the airport. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It is terrible. Cause you're on, you, you're on a budget. You're not like everybody else where you just ball and lack and stay here for 10 weeks. <laughs> no. Would you ever live in LA? I don't think I would ever live in LA. Would you live in LA? Only if I was working for Kevin Hart. <laughs> oh, I would, I would work for Kevin Hart too. He is so funny. Even, even in his interviews, like when someone's interviewing him, he's funny. Vanity Fair did this big interview and, um, the guy, the writer said, um, okay, I'm waiting here for Kevin. I'm so excited because we exchanged emails and he's like, listen, when I'm talking to somebody, I'm just 100% focused on them. 100%. And he's like, I'm so excited. Cause I get this FaceTime with Kevin Hart. He's like, so I came in and he said, hello. And it's like, accountants coming in. Somebody's coming in doing his hair. Someone's bringing him a snack. And he's like, <laughs> he's changing his sneakers. And he's like, you know, I mean, he's, he's probably doing 500 things at once. And that's, that's what's funny. Like and when you got that kind of like budget, <laughs> oh no, unlimited! It's like, man, can you imagine having unlimited shoes that you can just snap your fingers and someone just poof? Yes, yes, I can. <laughs> I don't have that, but I can imagine that. Like people, are like, can you imagine winning a billion dollars? I'm like, yes, yes, I can. <laughs> 
you know, I'm going to give him a shout out and tag him just because I hope somebody on his team listens to you because I think you deserve a shot to really make this a reality because you already are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, you know, can I can imagine if he was like, gave us a thumbs up. Awesome. <laughs> oh, man. It'll go, it'll go viral. It'll be like, wow. Please, Kevin Hart, be in our movie. Please, <laughs> please be in my movie in a cameo. And we'll pay you $10,000 for the day and all the tacos you can eat. He blast sneezed that out yesterday. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. before we wrap it's up. It's an indie film. It's an indie film. I don't have $9 million or $20 million to pay him. Not yet. You know, not yet. But before we wrap up the show, speaking of like this whole like, do you believe in the whole like meditation stuff? Like, you know how people just go on YouTube and you want to feel inspired. Listen to those two hour speeches. (laughs) Do you believe in that kind of stuff or do you have your own little belief system? Well, I, I do. I do. uh, I do believe in God. I do. And um and I also, um, okay, so I have my audio, my book is out on audiobook, and there's this thing called audiobook exchange. That's where, you know, when you're in the book business, you're trying to get book reviews, right? You get lots of sales, lots of reviews. They kind of play off each other. So anyway, so it's kind of like, I'll, I'll listen to your audiobook and you listen to my audiobook and you do a review, right? So through that, I've, I've been exposed to all these different audiobooks, which is, which is fantastic. But like three of them have been meditation books and, um, you know, they have, and they've got like voices like, like you could do it. Like they've got these really soft, sexy voices and they're like, and now breathe, you know, whatever. And they take you through the step. And so I listen to those a, a lot at night when I'm going to sleep because my mind races and they really do calm me down. Like just the breathing exercises. I like it. I don't do it as a practice, like get up every morning and, and meditate or anything. I try to wake up and I walk my dogs every morning. I, I try to do, um, what I'm grateful for, like every single thing, like literally if I see a butterfly, I'm like, I'm grateful for this butterfly or, you know, whatever, whatever. I'm I'm so glad my dog, you know, took a poop in the pine straw area. So I don't have to clean it up. Like whatever. I'm just trying to be, start my day being grateful, but I don't like sit down and, um, uh, meditate. Do you do that? Well, it's funny because, oh, I, I kind of, I kind of do. I kind of don't. I have my limits. I put it that way. Like mm-hmm. I I know my limits where it's like, ah, let's get back to reality <laughs> yeah. and take it one day at a time. Cause I feel like too, those things are tools. But if you just put oh, in, the, yeah. if you just put in the toolbox, but you don't actually go to work, it's almost like it's useless. It's like, it's almost like you go and stand up comedy on stage, but no microphone. Which has happened before because sometimes <laughs> stuff doesn't work. <laughs> and then it's very strange. Yeah. I think that's good. Whatever works. I, um, sometimes when I have writer's block, um, like I was trying to get this book out by a deadline by the end of this month. Um, actually by the end of last month and I missed the deadline. So I was like working, working, working. And so I wasn't exercising. I was just like hunkered down on my desk, you know, all day. And I started to get writer's block and I'm like, what is going on? And then someone, I play tennis and someone's like, you have to play. We don't have any players. And I went out and I like played tennis in Atlanta. It was a hundred degrees. It was three sets. I accidentally hit someone in the face, but it was like, and I had all this aggression. And then it like cured me of the writer's block. Oh, wow. Yeah. So sometimes it's like, 
you can, you actually can work too hard and just like your, your body starts to shut down. Like I can't do it anymore. You have to give yourself a break. You know, I got some criticism on my book because even though I've had some really, um, you know, hard failures, like, you know, I, I'm, you know, got divorced and stuff that was very painful, but mainly the book is like mom type failures. You know what I mean? They're not, they're just light and funny that most people can relate to. And I got some criticism, like you don't have any real failures, you know, you <laughs> in the suburbs, you know, you're this. And, um, I was kind of like, you know, that's not really fair. And, um, you know, maybe that person is, you know, feeding all the, you know, children, you know, the, in the inner city or whatever they're doing. But the truth is that person needs a break too. And there's no shame in taking a break and watching Kevin Hart or a funny movie or, or listening to jazz music or we you know whatever, going to a concert, whatever you want to do, you have to, don't you think you have to renew your mind and your soul once in a while? Oh yeah. Yeah. And so F off to that lady. You can F right off. <laughs> it's so funny because I'm just trying to keep track of how many times we mentioned Kevin Hart in this episode. I know, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's actually a good thing because I'm actually hashtag it now. It's official. <laughs> like Kevin Hart, we've mentioned you 19 times. <laughs> it's like we're not, <laughs> we're not, we're not trying to be groupies, but we're trying to like get your attention. Oh, uh, no, I am a groupie. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Flat out groupie. Now, now, before we end the show, because you know how you run low on gas. Yes. <laughs> That's this point of the show. <laughs> You're like, Amy, wrap it up. <laughs> but when you look at your goals for the rest of this year, like we're almost done. I don't know what happened in 2018. It's like you blink your eyes three times and it's like, wow. You ever seen that commercial when the guy's pushing his son in the swing set and life goes by and then the son comes back and he's a grown man. And he can't push him anymore. <laughs> Yes. Uh, that's how I feel like with this show. <laughs> You're like, and it's over. <laughs> but I can't end it like that. That's not right. But when it comes to your goals, for your uh, short-term goals, where you want to see yourself in your projects with your your writing, your film, your stand-up comedy, your family, what's something you would like to do in the next three, six months? Well, the next, um, three to six months, um, this book, you know, I'd like to see it released and I'd love it to hit number one and I'd love it to behave, you know, the same way as the first one did and grow, you know, even more. I feel like, you know, I'm a year older and wiser and hopefully I'll do things a lot better. And then the film, um, I'm meeting with the, uh, script guy. Um, we just finished pages one through 30. You literally go through every single line and dissect it. And so we've done that. So now we're going through the second act. And so, um, I'm just hoping that's not painful and we can, you know, get through the 90 pages. And once you have the script done, then a lot of good things can happen because you can't, you know, approach anyone without the script. You can't, you know, I'd like Delta to be in my film. I like Spanx or Home Depot, you know, famous Atlanta companies. Um, you know, you and I earlier were talking about, um, Jermaine Dupree. I love that song. I'd love that to be, but, um, most people want to see the script before they agree to be a part of your project. So once we get that done, then things can start moving uh, quickly. And, um, you know, we're, we're shooting to, um, start the film, like shoot the film this time next year. But all that, you know, I gotta, I gotta have everything done with the script by the end of this year. And wrapping up this, this show before I end it with some words of just encouragement, wisdom for 
those who want to go after their goals and their dreams like you are, you know, with the creative arts, what words of wisdom would you give to that individual who maybe just, you know, feel funky, cloudy as far as like they're not where they want to be right now? What will you say to them? Um, I think that being in the arts has a lot of ups and downs and you have to really allow yourself to appreciate every reward you get. For example, let's say you release your book and you only sign nine, you only sell, you know, nine copies, but someone writes your letter and says, you brighten my day or you change my life or you change my perspective. You've changed somebody's life or you've brought happiness to someone's life. And it's the same if it's a song or it's a piece of music or it's a stand up routine or it's a piece of artwork. It's the same. Like what more could you want in life if you brought joy to somebody else? And so, um, you know, if your goal is, well, I want to win a Grammy or I want to have a New York times bestseller. And, um, that's the only thing you're focused on. You're going to miss a lot of the, I think, magical moments between, you know, this point, the beginning point, and then whatever you want your end point to be. But if you kind of go into it with, I'm going to work on this every day, like, let's say you want to be a writer. There's such a mass need for content on the internet or every magazine has a digital version. It's, it's really easy to get, there's blog spots. So, you know, it's easy to do that. You could keep your day job and start working towards that goal and having some wins and building up a body of work to move on. So, um, my advice is to, to go after it, go after your goal and, um, celebrate even the tiniest wins. It's amazing. This show never fails. We always connect every single dot, even from the beginning when you was talking about your dad in military. Man, that was funny. I had to point that out. That was funny, but also had a great point in that. And that is everyone has the way of guiding. You know what I'm saying? Parents have a way of guiding their kids. And what you're doing is awesome. Because laughter is medicine for a lot of people. So I want to say thank you for what you're doing with your goals and your dreams. And not to make it too deep and serious, but how can people stay in touch with you on social media? Oh, sure. And thank you. I've enjoyed um, being a guest. You made me feel like we've known each other for 25 years and we're just like getting caught up with each other's lives. Um, my webpage is www.amylyle.com and Twitter is Amy Lyle and Instagram is author Amy Lyle, Facebook's Amy Lyle. And, um, I would love to hear people's failures. I mean, if you have a funny failure, I would love to hear it. It may end up in my next book. I have one for you right after the show, but I have to, oh, I can't wait to hear it. I have to end the show, teaser. I can't tell you guys because it's that embarrassing. But nah, you have been listening to this podcast. Is going to be on my new podcast. Um, man, remember in the beginning of the show, I said I forgot it. I almost did, but I didn't because I looked at my computer. It is keep. <laughs> <laughs> it's called keep grinding. Yes, yes, keep grinding podcast. It's mindset for success. And also, I am refocused podcast. This episode will be on both platforms because the new one, Keep Grinding, I'm going to build that up to get on iHeartRadio. But I, 
I Am Refocus podcast. It's already iHeartRadio, Spotify, iTunes. So I want you all to definitely check it out. I'm going by SOTB, Shmon the Beat. So don't be alarmed. I'm not changing my name. That's just my my other side hustle I do. Because you got you to gotta go, man. Like you said, you got to just go for it. A lot of people stand on sidelines and they, they let life pass them by. But you just got to go for what you enjoy doing in life. So if anything you learned today, not just laughing, but just apply yourself, man. At the end of the day, that's what it all matters. You know, whether you stay focused or you need to refocus or you just need to find something, you, you need to find yourself. And the way you do that is do what you love. So on that note, thank you so much, you all, for tuning in to this podcast episode. We are talking to Amy Lyle. She is funny. And if you didn't laugh, you might want to turn up the volume next time. (laughs) (laughs) Till then, man, like we always say, keep God first, stay focused, and peace. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.